0: Ah, this is the Dollars Gang Podcast, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening. My name's Zach Austin, and I am your host of the Dollars Gang Podcast. In the last episode, we did a basic introduction. It was my first ever episode, and this is my second. We talked about what this podcast was going to be. We got a lot of good things going forward for us in our podcast not the least of which includes having guests on in future episodes. We will not have any on this episode, and if we don't have any guests in episode three, we will probably have guests in episode four. It, it was a very eventful weekend for me, especially in sports, you know. It was a pretty rough end of the day yesterday, but, you know, I got to where I need to go, and you know it was a fun Sunday watching the NFL, so... It was also a fairly eventful weekend in that I sat through probably the coldest game I've ever had to sit through. I'll start off by doing a little recap. The Dickinson State Blue Hawks won their 8th straight conference title yesterday with a 73-16 win over the Presentation College of Aberdeen, South Dakota. I am sure multiple school records will ha- have had to have been set in that one. The previous coldest game I ever sat through was Weibo versus Jordan in the 2018 six man state championship game. I went to that game with my dad, and Weibo won handily that day, but that was probably 10 degrees or less. He'll probably say it was less, but this game that I went to yesterday. It was all of five degrees outside the whole time. And I wish I was wearing the right clothes, cause, especially footwear, because my toes froze to death. But there were good performances all around. You know, All three quarterbacks got to play in the game. Between Aaron White, the fifth-year senior, Bridger Groveham, the redshirt sophomore, and Carson Hunter, the redshirt freshman, all three quarterbacks got to play, and I would be willing to bet that every player on both teams got the benefit of playing time yesterday. In a blowout game like that, that honestly has to be the case. But at any rate, the Bluehawks dominated from start to finish. There, you know, there wasn't a letdown at any rate. And this presentation team was no slouch either. They had won, I believe, two games this year, and they... From what I heard, they had beaten Mayville, so to hang 73 on on them in this weather, I honestly I get a feeling presentation turned it over probably the last three first the first three times I had the ball, and like I think the Poc scored th- their first three touchdowns in the first minute and a half of the game, and I was sitting outside for a while, and I was sometimes I'd be inside watching the game. In that state-of-the-art facility that dickinson has sometimes i'd be outside but in the beginning i i made a joke to someone sitting next to me hey the hawks are on pace for over 300 points today and he kind of had a good laugh at that um but hawks dominated isaiah clute returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown and it it was all blue hawks from there you know he is the most elusive kicker turner I've seen really at any level of high school football. And the only one that even comes close is, well, probably Taco Dowler of, from Billings West. You know, it's just it's just what my eye test says. I'm, I'm not here to debate that, but at any rate, the game was a route. You know, C- Connor McCarvel, I call him Money McCarvel, caught three touchdown passes and Sixth-year senior Dawson McLaughlin had three interceptions, one of which he returned for a touchdown. And, you know, Bridger Groven got to play. I think he was two for two passing. Um, And Carson O'Hunter only put the ball in the air once, and that was incomplete. He ran for a couple yards. But it's good performances by everybody. I, I think everybody on the roster contributed to that win. I really believe it, you know. Anyway, back. <clears throat> anyway, a little bit about McCarvel. You know, of course, he's a Helena Capital graduate. That's the same school my cousin graduated from. And um, oddly enough, of course, as you may know, his his dad, Russell McCarvel, is the Blue Hawks' offensive coordinator. Now, there's a little history behind this because before coming to Dickinson and I believe it was 2017, along with his son, when his son was attending DSU. Coach McCarvel coached at a bunch of different places. He made a bunch of different coaching stops. He was at, he started at Glendive at the beginning of his career, fresh out of college, where, that's also where we went to high school, that's his hometown, Glendive. And you know, he was a Glendive Red Devil coach from 1995 to 2000. He was the coach and Carson City, Nevada at Carson High School from I believe 2001 to 2004 and in the mid-2000s to late 2000s he was Brock Osweiler's head coach at Kalispell Flathead. He was at Helena Capital as their offensive coordinator for a couple years and now he's over in Dickinson. It's been a long storied coaching journey for that man and I've had a couple good conversations with him. Not only you know being a Miles City graduate Something I want to throw out there, and I've told a lot of people this. Heck, I probably told you this at some point. But not only is Coach McCarvel Brock Osweiler's high school head coach, and not only is he DSU's offensive coordinator, he is also the last Glendive Red Devil football coach to win a football game against the Custer County Cowboys when he beat them 31-27 to back in 1996. Glendive hasn't beaten Mile City since, and I always joke that Coach McCarville still has breaking rights in that way, so yeah, he's a good guy, you know, just thought I'd throw that in there since we're talking about Dickinson football, but at any any rate, the Hawks claimed their eighth straight conference championship, and they'll be on the road for the first round of the NAIA playoffs as they travel to number three Three ranks Northwestern next Saturday. Obviously, that's going to be a tough game. But, you know, it's playoff football, right? Anything can happen. Eight straight conference titles. Let me put this in perspective for you. The last time the Blue Hawks did not win a conference championship, I was in eighth grade. I believe. Yeah, I was in eighth grade the last time they did not win a conference title. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive run, you know. Pete Stanton flipped a switch once he became the head coach I, in 2015, I believe, because in Hank Bijou's last two seasons, I think they went two and nine, one and eight. They were able to get the first two, and it just the streak just keeps on going, you know. As as former Dickinson State Blue Hawk Dalton Reed said, and current athletic director Dalton Reed said, he's the athletic director in Miles City. But yeah, I don't know why I'm stunning so much on this, but as Dalton Reed once said. <laughs> There is no such thing as a not-sweet conference championship. Period. Yeah. um, You know, you hear reporters and certain people ask, which one is sweeter? There's a reason they can't answer that. (laughs) You know, all of them feel really good in their own way. Dickinson State basketball started. They lost two close games to Montana Tech and... Western before that to open their season. They lost to Western by one point and lost by double digits to Montana Tech, which in many people's eyes is once again the favorite to win the Frontier Conference. So basically a recap of weekend sports. In Class A football, we had the semifinals. In Classes AA, Single A, BNC in Montana and in other sports. I'll get like, and in other states. And I'll get to those in just a minute. But in Class AA football this weekend... On Friday night, Helena Capital defeated Helena Capital defeated Missoula Sentinel by a score of two, 21 to 14 in the first semifinal. Helena Capital ended Missoula Sentinel's three-year run as state champions, and they are now in the title game for the first time since 2011, when Gunnar Brekke and Caleb Kidder played on the team in Class A. Excuse me, in the other semifinal. In a cross-town rivalry game, the Bozeman Hawks defeated the Gallatin Raptors in the other semifinal at Van Winkle Stadium in Bozeman. This is Bozeman's second title game appearance in the last four years, and they will be looking for their fifth state title since 2010 as they travel to Helena on Friday night to face the Helena Capital Bruins at Vigilani Stadium. Now... Obviously, there's a lot of history between these two teams, you know. but just a fun fact I want to throw in there for you. Prior to 2010, Bozeman football had not had a long history of winning. They still haven't. They have not had a long history of winning. In 1917, they won their first and only state title prior to 2010, but for the next 93 years, they just came away empty-handed year after year, including, not the least of which includes a great deal of heartbreak in the 1990s. Both of their state title games that they lost in 19, uh, in the 1990s are on YouTube, by the way. I encourage you to go check them out. But in 1995, they played a Supreme game, but came up short against Billing Skyview in the state championship game, 27 to 20. That was Skyview's first ever title back in 1995 when Ron Lebsock was the coach for Billing Skyview and Bill Walker, who I believe was one of my dad's teachers in high school was Bozeman's head coach at the time. And then 1997, that this has has to be among the most devastating losses you'll ever see because in that 97 title game against Billings West in Billings, Bozeman was up 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. 21 to 7 at halftime. Here's the thing, they could have gone up 28 to nothing just as easily but they fumbled inside the red zone but in the second half West came roaring back. They tied the game at 21. West took another double digit lead into the fourth quarter and West got two touchdowns right back on them. They go up by one point thanks to some amazing special teams plays by Billings West. They drive down the field. Travis Dorsch is a Montana legend. And I'll get to that in a second. But Jeff Ladd, Bozeman's quarterback, on a fourth and I believe 20, throws a deep pass, and the six foot five inch Travis Dorsch comes down with it in traffic for a big first down catch to get him within his field goal range. Travis Dorsch, he's probably the best kicker in Montana history. You won't you may not believe me on this. You may or may not believe me on this, but Dorsch earlier in the season against Salmon Idaho. Kicked a state record 63-yard field goal. It's only three yards less than the NFL record. This is a high school kid that kicked a 63-yard field goal. And he trots out to try to kick the game-winning field goal with under a minute left. He goes out there. Snap, ball down. The kick is up. It was wide left. He had missed the kick wide left. And West won their first state championship in the about the 30-year history of their school. And Bozeman, well, their title drought continued. It was all good in the end for Dorst, though, because Bozeman won state in basketball that fall, or that winter, rather, and Dorst went on to have a superb college career, Purdue and then with the Cincinnati Bengals for a year or two. But yeah, Bozeman, yeah, he missed a game-winning field goal. They lose a state championship by one point, and especially after blowing a 21-0 lead, that's crazy. And then they didn't get their first title until 2010 when... A Tanner Roderick-led squad defeated Helena, which also has, still has a long title drought to this day. They beat Helena High 28-10 on a snowy Vigilante Stadium to capture their first state title in 93 years. Led by and the, the quarterback on that team, future Nevada Wolfpack wide receiver Tanner Roderick, who later transferred back to Montana State. Yeah, small world we live in. And as some of my friends down in Nevada know, I could give all these small world connections all day. But after Bill Walker left, and it was either late 90s or early 2000s, a, a, a young man by the name of Troy Purcell walks into the Bozeman program. He turned it around. In his tenure as coach, they won three state titles in 2010, 2013, and 2015. They won three more titles after their 2010 title with two different coaches, including the current head coach, Levi Weschy. Both are great coaches in their own right. You know, Weschy has a state title as a head coach, and Troy Purcell, he should be in the Montana Coaches Hall of Fame. And as you may know, he's the current head coach at Carroll College. So, yeah, both of them are great coaches in their own rights. But anyway, back to the... Back to the recap of high school football. Yeah, Bozeman will be looking for their fifth state title, and Helena Capital, another storied program, will be looking for. I'd like to say it's their 11th. Let me think. They won this. They won in 1978, 1987, 1993, 1996, 99, 2000, 2002. Hold on. Six, seven, eight. So eleven. So. Helena Capital is going for their 12th state title in school history. You know, they've had a lot of good coaches, you know. You know, they had Jim Tuss as their head coach in the 80s and 90s. May he rest in peace. And then then Mark Sampson was the coach from, I think, 97 through 2003, I want to say. He won three state titles as their coach. And then Pat Murphy, who... I think my cousin may have had him as a teacher in high school. I don't know. I'll have to ask my cousin, who was also a capital grad. My cousin graduated with legendary Boise State receiver Matt Miller, by the way. Um, yeah, Pat Murphy was their coach. He won, I think, three state titles. And then four, actually. You know, Helena Capitals had a great history. Um, and... It's rival school. Helena High has had a lot of heartbreak. I hope, I'm hoping one year they can finally get over the hump and win it. But Anyway, Bozeman will be at Helena Capital on Friday night for your AA state championship. Over to Class A now. Billings Central. I did not expect this. Billings Central absolutely handled Hamilton 42-6 in the state semis over in Hamilton. So they'll be playing for their 11th state title. In the Jim Stanton era, which began in 2002. And their 11th state title game in 19 years as well. Yeah, Jim Stanton has flipped a 180 degree lifestyle change. Recruiting's helped with that a little bit, by the way. (laughs) Hamilton will not be able to defend their title that they won last year. And on the other side, Polson, No, Lewistown defeated Polson in the other state A semifinal. Lewistown will be going back to its first state title game since 2001 when they defeated Whitefish 12-9 for the state title that year under head coach Gary Gebert. So Lewistown will be playing for their first state title since then, and this is the first time ever that they have hosted a state championship game. Central will be looking for their fourth state title of the Jim Stanton era and sixth in program history, while Lewistown goes for their second. It should be a good game, honestly. Yeah, and then... On the Class B fields, Florence Carlton will be looking to defend their title for the second straight year as they get past the Boulder Panthers in one semifinal. In the other semifinal, 4-5 and five, Missoula Loyola upset top-ranked and previously undefeated Big Fork. In Big Fork, it's a, if Big Fork is going up into Class A next year, that's a what a way to end for them. I didn't think they could be beat. But what's more impressive about this is that Missoula Loyal is a four and five football team, I think, going into the chipper. Or at the very least, winning the playoffs with a losing record. It, it just amazes me. It really does. This probably has to be the first time, to my knowledge, that that's happened in Montana history. And this probably has to be the, I don't like to take anything away from anyone, but this has to be the worst team. To make the championship game and will be probably the worst team ever to win the title if they're able to upset Florence Carlton in Florence next week. It's kind of funny because Bismarck Century had a losing record and they appeared in the state championship game in North Dakota before losing to Fargo Shanley. I said the same thing about Bismarck Century this past weekend and then I saw Missoula Loyola's record and I'm like, holy hell, we got two of them? But yeah, kudos to these teams though. I've seen basketball te- plenty of basketball teams with losing records. They just peak at the right time at divisionals and state. The 1973 Miles City basketball team won like 5 or 6 games all season and they but they won the ones that mattered. They and they ended up winning state. 50 years ago, but I'll talk about that a little bit more in future episodes when basketball season rolls around. In class C football, eight at the 8-man level, Belt got past Colbertson To get their way into the title game. And St. Ignatius, coached by former Blue Hawk and Glendive Red Devil Carson Oakland. Let me think. (sighs) Will be making their first ever trip to the state championship game as they defeated Fairview. Who was your 2019 champion. And I believe St. Ignatius will host their state championship game, but I'm not sure. But anyway, congrats to Coach Oakland once again. For leading his team into the chipper. He's he's done a great job with these young men that he's coached. And I don't really know him personally, but I well, all I gotta say is my hat's off to him. Anyway, in the six man game. Broadview Levina got past Freud Medicine Lake thirty-five to thirty-four. Ending. Freud Lake's bid for a three P. Must be a, that ought to have been a, a devastating loss for the Freud Medicine Lake Redhawks says they lost by one point in trying to defend their third straight title. But it should be a fun season next year for them. They got some guys returning. They'll return Mason Detman for his senior year. We'll just see how that goes. And then in the other Class C six-man semifinal, Big Sandy defeated Bridger to move on to the state championship game next weekend. Big Sandy will... Will face Broadview Levina in the state championship game. Broadview Levina will be looking for their first state title in program history. Anyway, that's enough of football. Let's go to the volleyball courts. Double a, it was a very eventful state tournament in girls' volleyball over at the Brick Breeding Field House in Bozeman this weekend. Billings Sr. I'll start off by saying all four championship matches got forced to a, a second championship match. It's double elimination, so you know you have to lose twice to be fully eliminated. So, um four all four went to a second championship match. Starting double A where Billings Senior got past Billings West. They had to beat Billings West twice to win the title under first year head coach Courtney Badbear. She's only a year older than I am. <laughs> It's like your first year out of college or something. Kudos to that program, which won their first state title since 2014. On the Class A court, despite only finishing 4th in the Eastern A Divisional, Billing Central came back and won the state title for the 8th time in program history and for the, their 5th time in 6 years, as they defeated Haver for the title. Haver forced a second championship, but Billing Central, as usual, proved to be too much. And again, a little recruiting helps on the side there. Just kidding. Anyway, in class on the Class B volleyball court, first I'll start off by saying this was this was Billing Central's seventh straight trip to the Class A title game. Huntley Project played in their fourteenth consecutive state championship game in volleyball this past weekend, as they defeated Shepard for oddly enough, their fourteenth volleyball title in program history. Congrats to Coach Iona Stuckey and her squad. They defeated Shepard for the title. I think that, to my knowledge, that's probably Shepard's first time ever in the championship game. I'd have to check, but anyway, on the Class C court, you had Manhattan Christian, which had to defeat Bridger twice for its second straight state title. Congrats to them as well. When I say it was an eventful weekend, I'm going to have some more good stuff to talk about. It's good stuff, and... When I say good stuff, I mean it was the best news Montana State Bobcat fans could have could have woken up to. And people were tweeting about it all day. But it dawned on me with the news that College Game Day will be coming to Bozeman, Montana for the 121st edition of the Cat Grizz game in Bozeman. The ESPN College Game Day crew. That's going to do an unbelievably great deal for... MSU Athletics, I think, you know, it's something that's, I think this has been a few years in the making, if you ask me. Oh my word, college game day, man. We tried to get it last year, but I guess they, like, they chose to go to the Michigan-Ohio State game instead, but it almost happened last year, and it should have happened last year, and wish it would have happened last year, but so many people have been pushing for this, and I'm just excited that we're able to make it a reality. So many people pushed for it. Pushing and pushing for it, I knew it was eventually going to happen. And Bozeman really is one of the best places to play in college football, and they're coming to a pretty ep- epic environment. And Grizz is going to be a good game. The Grizz hold the all-time series lead, seventy-four and forty-one and five, including sixteen in a row from nineteen eighty-six to two thousand and one. The Grizz won last year, but the Bobcats have won four of the last five meetings, and they'll be looking for their fifth victory in the last six meetings on Saturday when they faced the Grizzlies, as well as their first outright Big Sky Conference title since 2012. Anyway, I think I've gotten to everything I wanted to talk about today, other than, once again, a reminder, this is my last show without guests, so, well, who knows, I don't know if I'll have guests on the next episode or not, I might, but for now, this is the last show that we're guaranteed not to have guests on. Again... If you're someone out there you you want to be on the pod hit me up you know i'd love to have you on you know and also another announcement this podcast is now available on podbean Bus Sprout, rss apple podcasts and spotify you know so be sure to download it on any one of those platforms you have i'll try to see if i can't expand it to more places in the near future but this was a very difficult podcast to set up, and it was a very eventful weekend between homework and making this a reality. Yeah, again, you can follow me on Twitter, at Z Dollars underscore. You can follow me on Instagram, at Z Dollars underscore gang. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I, I'm on Twitter a lot, so you can follow me there as well. Um, anyway, I appreciate... I'd like to big big thanks to everybody for listening. It's your boy Dallas. Sign off for now.